بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على النبي الأمي برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين الله أكبر والتفضل عند الكرم في الله سبحانه وتعالى who enables us to learn about the best of people after أنبياء عليهم السلام and سبحان الله as this reality materializes and unravels day by day every Sahabi we go into we just learn more about the best of people they are so special and Allah forgive us we just know about but a few of them but as we learn more about them subhanallah we realize that what are we without them we must have heard about something as they call it love at first sight you know the sahaba we learn from them that the sahabi sees rasulullah and he says whenever when i saw him i knew Definitely, this is the man I'm looking for. His face can never be a face of, the li- of a liar. That was Hazrat Abdullah bin Salam. We have Hazrat Hassan who looks at the Mubarak face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then these words involuntarily emanate from his tongue in the praise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Wherein he said, وَأَجْمَلُ مِنْكَ لَمْ لم تَنَقَطُ عَيْنِي وأحسن منك لم ترقت عيني وأجمل منك لم تلد النساء خلقت مبرأ من كل عيبي كأنك قد خلقت كما تشاء more beautiful than you my eyes have never ever seen more magnificent than you no woman has given birth to Allahu Akbar, you've been created free from every blemish of Allah's Nabi. It's as though Allah created you upon your request. Meaning as though you asked Allah how you want to be created. And on your requirement and demand, Allah created you so perfectly. Hazrat Hassan just looks at Nabi Wasallam, and these are the words that emanate from his tongue. What about this Sahabi who we are to discuss? What happened to him? He is none other than Abu Rafi' al-Misri radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. He was taken captive in his youth and this was a common thing in the world at that time. One tribe would attack another tribe or one army would attack another army and the conquered were enslaved and so forth and so forth. And then the advent of Islam came where Muslims were taught how to treat slaves. Subhanallah. Study how Mufti Shafi Sahib Rahimahullah in his tafsir explains the difference between the Western terminology of slavery, which only, uh, you know, and, and their treatment of slaves was, was up to recent times, the ill treatment of other human beings. And study the concept of Islam, where Allah's Nabi said that they are your brothers. Allah has given you their service. So assist them. Help them, be kind to them, be fair with them, don't overburden them. Feed them of what you eat, clothe them of what you wear. So definitely there's a, uh, a clear distinction between the Muslims' treatment of a slave and that of the world and the West. But Abu Rafi' was enslaved. And now in the Meccan society, he was sold. And who purchased him? None other than Abbas, radiallahu anhu. 
Abu Rafi'ah says that Quraysh sent me with a letter to the Prophet So they sent him with some plan to convey a letter to Rasulullah after the advent of Hijrah. Abu Rafi'ah says, now they just sent him as someone to deliver a message. He says, as I went to de deliver the letter to Rasulullah in Medina al-Munawwara, the love of Islam permeated my heart. He comes to deliver a letter. He just sees Rasulullah He sees the environment of Medina. The love of Islam permeates his heart. He says, oh Allah's Nabi, by Allah, I'm not going to return to them ever again. I'm staying here. Allah's Nabi said, we are not people who break our pledges. And I cannot detain an emissary, but go back to them. And if the truth that's in your heart and has permeated your heart is sincere, then you go back, but maintain Iman in your heart. Abu Rafi' now becomes a radiallahu an. He comes to deliver a letter to Nabi sallallahu And this interaction with Nabi sallallahu and the effect of the environment of Masjid the Nabawi inspired him so much that he embraces Islam. He says, Subhanallah. And he spent some time in Makkah Mukarramah, but he seized the opportunity to come to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and embrace Islam. He says, فَذَهَبْتُ ثُمَّ أَتَيْتُ النَّبِيَ Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam This is how this first encounter with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam impacted the life of this great Sahabi radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Who is another great Sahabi? Who actually murdered Sahaba radiallahu anhum? The ruler of Yamama. He somehow was taken captive, brought to Masjid al-Nabawi, Thumama, Thumama, and detained in Masjid al-Nabawi for a, for a few days, for three days, and in that he saw the beauty of Islam. But yes, he was guilty of so many crimes, but when he saw the akhlaq of Nabi sallallahu and he was released, he left the Masjid, washed himself, bathed, returned to the Masjid, and said to Rasulullah sallallahu there was no one on the face of the earth that I hated more than you. Today I love you the most. And he said the same about the city of the Prophet sallallahu and the deen of Nabi sallallahu And then he sought permission to undertake the journey of Umrah and Allah's Nabi وسلم, after teaching him he undertook this journey of Umrah performed this amazing pilgrimage minor pilgrimage of Umrah and his labbaik Allahu Akbar was taught to him by Rasulullah and he was the first Sahabi to openly call out the slogan of Islam the slogan of the love of Allah labbaik Allahumma labbaik labbaik la sharika laka labbaik my Allah you have no partner whatsoever and amazing is the meaning of labbaik ya Allah the duel in it the emphasis in it the love of Allah in it the repentance in it the determination to change in the slogan. But during the Umrah, when the Meccans heard his labbaik, Ya Allah, there were youth who wanted to gun him down, to shoot him with their arrows. Arrows were facing him, and then the seniors stopped the new juniors, questioning them that, do you know who this man is? And he turned to them and said, yes, you've known me now, and you've recognized me. So then they asked him, why did you do this? Why have you embraced Islam? He said, it is Islam, it is the truth. Because they pose the question, why have you become sabi if religious? He says, this is religiosity, this is the truth. And then he said to them, that I supply you with goods. They said, we really, we, we are aware of that. He says, from today onward, not a grain of any of the goods that would come to you before would ever come to you again. Whether it's leathers, whether it's raisins, whatever the goods that came to you are no longer to come to you until you pardon, you seek 
pardon from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Otherwise, I'm not interested in dealing with you people. After you harmed my Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam in such a way, and I, subhanallah, seize this opportunity to implore every businessman. Allah has blessed you with iman. Allah has blessed you with deen. Allah has given you prominence. Allah has given you position. Imagine he refuses to deal with the Meccan society because they were harming the Muslims. What are they doing to our brothers and sisters in Gaza? Oh, respected businessman, entrepreneur, whatever your position, your status, Allah gave it to you. Why do we support them still after they are doing what they're doing? against our brothers is it for the for the few pennies and pittance of this world if we lose a few pennies so what support muslims buy from the muslim even if you pay a little extra in that home zakat will be paid the children are becoming hafada of the quran there's dindari taking place where is our shame? And for you and I, the consumer, it's the same. Let's carry on with that sacrifice. It does make a difference. How can we support companies who openly, flamboyantly will support such regimes? Don't we know what's happening to our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our fathers? Can't we make a change? Is it because our nafs is too strong? Allah forgive us. This was how Hazrat Thumama changed. Back to the Sahabi Hazrat Abu Rafi' al-Misri one encounter with the Nabi of Allah وسلم, just delivering a letter and that became a change to the Sahabi's life. Subhanallah. How many a time a man comes to our business, a man comes, to, comes into our employment, a person comes to work for us, our helpers in our homes. Are we a means of bringing them closer to the beauty of Islam or are they hindered from deen by seeing our despicable character and attitudes of ours and that of our children? Let's make our own analysis. Let's discuss what happened between the time Abu Rafi came to Medina to deliver the letter and then he returns to Makkah, Mukarramah and he embraces Islam and then again comes back to Medina Munawwara to be in the company of Janabi Rasulullah What happens in that interim? His master was Hazrat Abbas. With regards to the family of Hazrat Abbas, Abbas being the uncle of Janabi Rasulullah he was two years elder than Rasulullah but the beloved of Allah loved him. He was the solace for Rasulullah after the loss of his beloved uncle Abu Talib. But Abbas supported Rasulullah but was he Muslim? Historical narrations suggest that he wasn't a Muslim yet. But throughout the Meccan stage when Allah's beloved would make effort, even to the extent of meeting the people of Medina Munawwara during the Hajj season, inviting them to Islam, Hazrat Abbas was alongside his nephew but he hadn't yet recited the Shahada. As far as Hazrat Abbas's wife is concerned, Hazrat Ummul Fadl Lubaba bint al Haris radiallahu anha, she was a Muslim in the early Meccan stage and she embraced Islam with Hazrat Khadija radiallahu anha. So she is one of the earliest Sahabiyat and we should know her, we should remember her, we should uplift the, the, the knowledge about her amazing life herself, Hazrat Lubaba, Hazrat Khadija, Hazrat Fatima bint al Khattab, Hazrat Fatima bint Asad, the mother of Hazrat. Ali, the wife of Abu Talib, she was also a very senior Sahabiyah who also embraced Islam in the early stages. 
Despite Hazrat Abbas not being Muslim yet, Hazrat Lubaba was already a Muslim. And the ruling of separation between, in, such a marital, uh, in such a marital relation wasn't revealed yet. So Alhamdulillah, before Badr and after Badr, Abu Rafi mentions that in our family, Islam had entered. And Abbas, whether he was Muslim before Islam or not, there's a difference of view, but it's guaranteed that after Badr, he did become Muslim. Because when he was amongst the captives of Badr, and when he was told to pay a ransom, it was 4,000 dirhams each for release. And he said to Rasulullah that, oh my nephew, how am I going to pay this money? I do not have it. And Nabi asked him about the amount he had left and had mentioned the whereabouts to his wife, saying to her that if anything has, has to happen to him, this should be used by her for herself and the children. Abbas was shocked. That how did you know this, my nephew? No one besides Allah knew of this. And that's when he uttered the shahada. But interestingly, Allahu Akbar, he returned to Makkah Mukarramah, seeking permission from Rasulullah Sallallahu to undertake the journey of Hijrah. But he was encouraged to remain in Makkah, unlike others who were told and commanded to undertake the journey of Hijrah. But interestingly, we learn from the beautiful seerah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that Allah's Nabi Sallallahu deen is so amazing and so all-encompassing. Hazrat Abbas's presence in Makkah was a great support for Islam on the other side, in Makkah. Abbas being a politician, radiallahu anhu, being part of Darun Nadwa, and being his being there, him being there, was a great support for the suppressed Muslims still under tyranny in the Meccan society. Them knowing the uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu being here. So it seems his Islam in Makkah at first was somewhat camouflaged for wisdom, for reasons of wisdom. Hazrat Abu Rafi'ah mentions how his Islam got exposed. He says, I was, I was basically a ghulam. It refers to being a slave. But he was very close to the family of Hazrat Abbas. He was like their son. He says, but I had become Muslim. And Hazrat Ummul Fadl was also Muslimah. And thereafter, Hazrat Abbas also became Muslim. And everyone was concealing their Islam. Abu Lahab stayed behind in Badr and did not participate but he sent someone else to cover him and this is what, what would happen if one of the senior Quraysh couldn't make it they had to send a representative so he sent As bin Hisham because As had owed him some money so he went in lieu of Abu Lahab Hazrat Abu Rafi'a says when the news arrived in Makkah that what had happened to the Mushrikeen in Badr it brought so much of joy to us myself and my family and he says, I was doing my work, my employment, making bowls, and my work near the Zamzam well, in my little store. And as I was sitting, carving the bowls, doing my work, there comes Abu Lahab dragging his feet in a very irritable state. Abu Lahab comes in dragging his feet angrily in a grumpy tone, grumpy manner. He sits not far from me, facing his back towards me. And then... While he was in this state, everyone said, Abu Sufyan is coming. Now this is Abu Sufyan bin Harith, not the famous Abu Sufyan. The famous Abu Sufyan is Abu Sufyan bin Harb, who later on became radiallahu an. This Sufyan as well, alhamdulillah, later on became radiallahu an. But they both were on the side of the mushrikeen at this time. This Abu Sufyan is the son of Harith, and Harith is the brother of Abu Lahab, and also 
the brother of Abdullah, the father of Rasulullah sallallahu Harith was the eldest son of Abdul Muttalib. You must remember when we discussed Abdul Muttalib's children, his eldest son being Harith, and as he was digging for Zamzam, he took a vow that Allah, if you bless me with ten sons, I'll sacrifice one for you. Whilst he was digging on that occasion, his only son Harith was with him. Anyway, this is Abu Sufyan bin Harith. When Abu Lahab is told that Abu Sufyan is arriving and returning from Badr, he called him, come here my nephew, halumma ilayya ibn akhi. Abu Sufyan presented himself before him and sat there by, them, by him and everyone then surrounded them to hear what is the report of Badr and then he said oh my nephew what happened he said nothing it's just that meaning how it happened like that how did we lose he's talking to his brothers the mushrikeen he says I can't tell you it's just that as soon as we met them we I don't know what happened we just turned on our heels we just gave them our backs meaning turning away running and they were finishing us off and taking others as captives as they wanted to then Abu Sufyan took an oath saying but you know what I wouldn't blame the people Abu Lahab said but why why won't you blame them how can you all turn yours on yours back turn on your heels and and run away from the battle he said we saw these huge bright creation powerful men on these piebald horses and they would conquer and defeat everyone and everything nothing could stand before these beautiful creation powerful and Abu Sufyan was basically describing the angels of Allah and Abu Lahab can't bear it as Abu Sufyan is saying this and as Abu Rafi' is in his store not far from this entire scene he says I just picked up the curtain of our store saying by Allah that is the Malaika of Allah that's the point Abu Rafi' says I just couldn't hold it in up to that time I concealed the fact that I am Muslim when I said this Abu Lahab was enraged and he was irritated he hit me on my face I got up to hold his hand to stop him and then he picked me up and threw me on the ground and leaned, leaned his whole body on me and knelt on, on my chest holding me down trying to finish me off and just then Umbul Fadl anha, tied her waist got up tied her rope on her waist got up picked up a plank and struck Abu Lahab badly and then when she wounded him she said oh enemy of Allah do you deem him weak just because you see his master not present just leave him alone and Abu Lahab was then disgraced in public and just turned away and walked away disgracefully Allahu Akbar now imagine Abu Lahab is a senior in Makkah but Allah gave Hazrat Ummul Fadl the courage to defend her slave but through to Islam this becomes her brother and she stands up for Abu Rafi' against Abu Lahab this is the beauty of Islam can you understand the amazing scenario and Allahu Akbar after the scene Allah punishes Abu Lahab we all learned the hadith hadith Qudsi Allah says our beloved Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that Allah says Man adali waliyan faqad adantuhu bilharb. Subhanallah. Allah announces. Allah announces war against those who 
become hostile to the friends of Allah. Allah save us. Allah save us and Allah announces the ultimatum of war for those who intake and deal in usury. Allah Ta'ala save us from these two crimes. Allah save us from being hostile to Allah's friends. Man Abu Lahab is from Banu Hashim, but yeah, Abu Rafi' is from a slave background, but Allah defends him. Allahu Akbar. Abu Rafi' speaks about the incident, that when he said that those are the malaika of Allah, and Abu Lahab punished him and hurt him badly, and then he tried to defend himself, and he was grounded, and Abu Lahab tried to finish him off, him being a weak man. He says, Kuntu rajulan da'ifan, I was weak, and Hazrat Umul Fadl defended me, and thereafter, when Abu Lahab departed from there, Allah gave him such a sickness, such a sickness, that such a stench emanated from his body and such pox Allah gave him that made his body rotten to such an extent that he then died and none of his children even were prepared to bury him. That his body was rotting in his house with nobody to come near. And then some people came to his children saying that have you all no shame? Your father's body is contaminating in his body. In his, in, his, in his house, and you're doing nothing about it. They said, hey, we're not prepared to go near. He's diseased. And then they were told to take the body along, and they didn't even wash the body. They just threw some water on him from far, and they pulled the body towards an outer area of Mecca, near a wall or a mountain, and they just threw stones on him. What a disgraceful death Allah gave. That man, despite the family he hailed from, but became hostile to Allah's deen. He was an enemy of Allah and his Rasul He harmed the Nabi of Allah wasallam, Abu Lahab. But look at the beauty of Allah's deen. Even the daughter of the children of Abu Lahab, one harmed Nabi wasallam, Allah punished him. We know the famous incident of the lion in, in Jordan, that the lion devoured him when he disrespected Rasulullah but his other son embraced Islam and his daughter Hazrat Durrah and she was such a good Sahabiyah and a Muslimah that when she came to Medina Manora and few people would make her hear insults Allah's beloved وسلم, from the member of Masjid Nabawi said how dare you insult a Muslimah woman she's from my family and Allah's Nabi وسلم, defended her from the front this is the beauty of Allah's deen that now she affiliates herself to the deen of Allah and not to her father Abu Lahab. This is the beauty of Allah's deen. When Hazrat Ikrimah came before his arrival, now his father was Abu Jahal. Allah's beloved Sallallahu said to the Sahaba, Ikrimah is coming, striving for Allah. Don't speak ill of his father. Why do you want to say something that won't even reach the dead, but it'll hurt the feelings of our brothers? Subhanallah. Look at the brotherhood of Islam. Alhamdulillah, after Badr, Hazrat Abbas gifted Abu Rafi' to Rasulullah sallallahu And Abu Rafi' didn't wait for another opportunity. He rushed to Medina Munawwara and stayed with Rasulullah sallallahu And Allah's beloved sallallahu alayhi liberated him. He was the one who taught us liberate the captives and slaves. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu got him married to another freed slave of his, Hazrat Salma. Subhanallah. Allah's beloved consort Hazrat Umm Salama was the wife of Nabi Salma was the free slave of Nabi from that union came a son Ubaidullah who became a scribe for Hazrat Ali in the Khilafah of Hazrat Ali 
And as Abu Rafi' was liberated from the bondage of slavery by Rasulullah he was now a free man. And this is the ambition of every slave, especially in those days. But what's astonishing is the fact that when the news of his liberation came to him, he burst into tears and he cried. But amazing is what made him cry. Yes, there are tears of joy. There is an occasion of grief where one cries out of sadness. One may, may cry out of joy. <laughs> there are those who cry like crocodile tears. Allah Ta'ala save us. Hypocritical cry. There are those who cry due to the environment. But what caused Abu Rafi' radiallahu anhu to cry? Subhanallah. Hazrat Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu says, that Rasulullah said, this was an encouragement to the slaves. Because many a time a slave had to go through a lot to work towards his freedom. Study what happened to Hazrat Salman. The beloved of Allah said, when a slave obeys his Rabb, his Allah, and then he also obeys his master in this world, the one who uh, he's a slave of, Allah gives him double the reward because it's so difficult. You have to please Allah Ta'ala and then a master also has his own temperament and certain instructions and so forth. So you make him happy also. Allah gives you double the reward. When Hazrat Abu Rafi' was liberated, he cried. And when he was asked, why do you cry, O Abu Rafi'? He said, you know, I used to get double the reward. Now, I'm no more a slave. I'm only getting one of those rewards. Subhanallah. Amazing is how Sahaba anhum looked at it. But now, Allah gives him another accolade, which is so marvelous and so amazing. Because in Islam, when you freed by one, you become the mawla of that person. And what that means is for our understanding, you basically become his family. This is when you liberate a slave. And there's another beautiful concept in Islam. Very similar is when you bring someone to Islam also, he becomes like your family. What happened here to Hazrat Abu Rafi' radiallahu anhu? Hazrat Abu Rafi' says that Rasulullah sent a sahabi to collect zakat from a certain region. Sahaba would go to that area, collect zakat, and distribute it to the needy and so forth. That Sahabi said to Abu Rafi, would you join me? And you would also be zakatable, and you would also get a share of the zakat anyway in that, that discussion. He says, I have to ask Rasulullah first. When I asked Rasulullah that do you give me permission to go with this Sahabi in this area and we'll fulfill this errand? Allah's Nabi permitted him to go, but reminded him something pertinent. That remember, zakat is haram upon Muhammad وسلم, and the family of Muhammad Wah wah. Allah's Nabi is saying to Abu Rafi' that you are from my family. So zakat is not permissible for you. What an amazing accolade. A slave from Egypt, a man from slavery, he sees Rasulullah he's inspired by Allah's beloved's akhlaq. He goes through an ordeal. He's, he's now gifted to Rasulullah Allah's beloved liberates him. And now he becomes like a family member of Rasulullah What an amazing achievement. This is how Islam raised these great people. This is the beauty of Allah's deen. This is the beauty of Islam. And this was the solace to Hazrat Abu Rafi' who cried over the previous occasion where he wanted the double reward but here imagine the reward you become Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's family 
I ask you, how do we make people feel? When Hazrat Salman was freed, and then there was uh, a, a discussion between the Muhajireen and the Ansar, where the Muhajireen said, you know, Salman is from us. The Ansar said, Salman is from us. Allah's beloved وسلم, came in and said, you know, Salman minna ahlal bayt. Salman is from my family. How Allah's Nabi made people feel? Brother, if you come from a noble family, make shukar. If Allah gave you status, make shukar. If Allah gave you position, make shukar. Never look down upon any of Allah's creation. Uplift people. The beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi said, He who makes another Muslim happy has made me happy. If you've made me happy, you've made my Allah happy. And more so, Allah's beloved sallallahu alayhi said, Show humanity character. Make everyone feel comfortable and special. And invite everyone to Allah's deen. And show everyone the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's deen. Subhanallah, the Sahaba Kiram were sitting with Rasulullah and there was a discussion wherein they asked, who's the best of people in qualities? The beloved of Allah said, one with soft-heartedness, truthful speech. Then they said, oh Allah's Nabi we know truthful speech, saduqul lisan, we can understand. فَمَا مَخْمُومُ الْقَلْبِ What is meant? by having makhmumul qalb. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, one whose heart is Allah conscious. At-taqi, al-naqi, his heart is pure. Alladhi la ithma fi, he has no sin, nor tyranny, nor hatred and rancor. La ghilla wa la hasad. And he will clean heartedness. Then they asked, oh Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa then in qualities, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, Alladhi yashna'u dunya wa yuhibbu al-akhirah. He who despises the world and adores the akhirah. Then they commented and said, Ma na'rifu hadha fina illa aba rafi'ah. The one who has this quality the most, oh Allah's Nabi, is Abu Rafi'ah, Mawla Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Amazing accolade. An amazing testimony of the Sahaba Kiram radiallahu anhum to the qualities of this great Sahabi radiallahu ta'ala anhu. They said, Abu Rafi'ah has this, these amazing qualities. Another interesting report, Hazrat Abu Rafi says, anhu, that we received one sheep during the time of Khandaq, and I put it in a pot and I started cooking it. Allah's beloved وسلم, came and asked, what is this Abu Rafi? He said, oh Allah's Nabi, we received one sheep for us, O Nabi وسلم, and I'm cooking it for, for, for us. So Allah's beloved وسلم, asked for the shoulder bone, known as Dhira'a, Ya Abu Rafi. And he loved that bone. Abu Rafi' says, I presented it to him, I served it to him. Then Allah's beloved وسلم, said, give me the shoulder bone. And I presented the other shoulder. And in that, Allah's Nabi وسلم, asked again, give me the shoulder bone. And I said, oh Allah's Nabi وسلم, how many pieces of this meat in the sheep, meaning only two, in the malishati dhira'an. Two shoulder bones. Allah's beloved said to Abu Rafi, Walladhi nafsi biyadi, law sakatta, la'ataytani adru'an ma'da'utubi. If you just kept quiet and did what I told you, you would have continuously kept on giving me that same bone repeatedly as long as I sought it from you. So this is a hadith narrated by Abu Rafi and Musnadul Imam Ahmad wherein Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked him for the bone and the miracle of Nabi 
Another very interesting report wherein Hazrat Abu Rafi' was on this journey with Rasulullah It was Umratul Qada wherein Nabi then wedded Hazrat Maimunah Then Hazrat Abu Rafi' was designated to be sent to another area with another group of Sahaba with the Jamaat of Sahaba to fulfill an errand there. Then the beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam calls Abu Rafi' and says, you go and bring Maymuna for, for me. Because Hazrat Maymuna was in Makkah Mukarramah. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was out of Makkah Mukarramah. So Hazrat Abu Rafi' reminded and said, oh Allah's Nabi, wasn't I to go with that other group of Sahaba radiallahu anhum? كنت في بعث مرة فقال لي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اذهب فأتني بمنى I was on this expedition and Allah's Nabi calls me and says go and bring Maymuna to me so I said oh Allah's Nabi am I not on an errand en route in another direction as you have sent us Allah's beloved صلى الله عليه وسلم said oh Abu Rafi' alasta tuhibbu ma uhib don't you love everything that I love meaning what I want isn't that more beloved to you what I want you to do so I said, indeed, O oh Allah's Nabi Sallallahu go and bring her to me. And I went and I brought Hazrat Maymuna for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That's where he explains the beloved of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's nikah with Hazrat Maymuna Radiallahu Ta'ala Anha on that journey of Umratul Qada. And Subhanallah, one of the wisdoms behind that nikah is also that Allah's Nabi وسلم, wanted to make ikram of the Meccan people and through making the ikram thereby then inviting them to Islam Subhanallah Hazrat Abu Rafi' participated in Uhud and all the expeditions thereafter because during Badr he was still in Mecca and he had just embraced Islam around that time Alhamdulillah He mentions his participation in Khaybar Subhanallah wherein he says we went under Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam appointed Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu. The famous report wherein Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sent Hazrat Ali and said, Oh Ali, if Allah guides one man through you, it's better for you than the best of camels, meaning the virtue of guiding people. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is sending him on an expedition and reminding him of the value of bringing people to the, to the truth. And he says, I traveled, we went with Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu. And he, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent him with this banner to Khaybar and when we approached the people came and fought one of the, 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 the Jews came and fought very very bravely so he struck Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Ali's shield fell anyway Hazrat Ali then picked up a door that was in one of the fortresses and he used that as a shield and he kept on fighting until Allah granted conquest and victory. Hazrat Abu Rafi' says, thereafter, myself and a few friends of mine. And then he explains, I was the eighth, meaning all eight of us. We went to that door and we tried to pick it up and turn it. And really, it was difficult. Subhanallah. So Hazrat Abu Rafi' is explaining, obviously, his participation in, in this conquest and also the strength of Hazrat Ali Al-Karrar radiallahu ta'ala there's so many ahadith Hazrat Abu Rafi' learned from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah give us tawfiq to share these ahadith. But also when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam departed from this transitory world, he continued striving for Allah. He was with the Sahaba when Sahaba went to Sham. And then he was present when Hazrat Amr ibn al-As radiallahu anhu sought permission 
to take Islam into Egypt. And now, because he hailed from Egypt, he yearned for the participation in that expedition. And Hazrat Umar anhu accepted and allowed him. And subhanallah, he was with the Sahaba as they took Islam into Egypt. Sahaba strove in Allah's way. And they conquered in Egypt. And so many people got hidayah. And so many people embraced Islam. And so many of the Christians there saw the beauty of Islam. When they reached one area, the princess, meaning Muqoqis's daughter, Armanusa, was there. And her servants and her uh, guards came and told her that we're now in trouble because Muslims have have taken over this area she said to them that these are not people to be feared these are honest people of integrity and I, she says she says to her people you are safer in the protection of muslims than even in my father's palace subhanallah and when sahaba conquered the way they gave people amnesty and showed people akhlaq and gave people safety even the christians who were oppressed under the romans and banished from egypt were called back by hazrat amr ibn al-as and alongside him was the sahabi subhanallah who hailed from egypt and that is none other than abu rafi' radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he was one of the Coptics of Egypt. And subhanAllah, look at the beauty of Islam. Islam brings together all nationalities, colors, races, backgrounds, and makes us one. This is the beauty of Allah's deen. He hailed from there. He was enslaved, purchased by Hazrat Abbas. And then the incident where he met Rasulullah whilst delivering a letter, and that changed him forever. SubhanAllah. It's reported that his name was, uh, we know him as Abu Rafi' famously, but there's differences of opinion as far as his name, either Ibrahim and other reports say Aslam radiallahu ta'ala anhu, but he's known famously as Abu Rafi' al-Misri, Mawla Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah give us tawfiq to emulate these glorious, amazing people. Let's recite three quls and send for him and all the Sahaba. Radiallahu anhum. Wa sallallahu ala nabi ilumihi bi rahmatika ya arhamad rahimin.